0: As always, please care for yourself during and after listening to the podcast. Thank you.
2: Welcome to the System Speak podcast retreat.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness, well done. Well done. This has been an intense weekend. We have had the advanced topics retreat, which was several days. And we gathered to talk about hard things. And there was also all the foods from the podcast. And there were activities after each little session where we talked about hard things. And there was also lots of laughing, but there were also plenty of tears so what would be easiest for reflecting on this do you want to go by session and talk your way through like a conference do you want to just share what your experience was so before we even do that how did it feel even traveling here to see people in person what was that like
3: exciting exciting
0: scary scary
2: complicated packing was very challenging because i was packing for so many and i don't normally have as much internal awareness of how many different insiders wanted to bring different things so right
0: several of us also talked about how usually if we travel for work or something like that Certain parts are going, so you can even sometimes not travel with very much. Mm -hmm. But this, when you're trying to bring your whole self, Mm -hmm. not only was it hard to decide what to pack, there was a whole lot of extra that showed up.
3: Big suitcases,
0: (laughs) big suitcases. (laughs) Yes, some of you got picked up from the airport by. Nathan and the kids, what was that like?
2: I was really wanting the husband to sing show tunes. (laughs) And I I, I asked uh, and I I think I needed to be more specific. I think if perhaps I had recommended a particular show tune, I think he might have, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I I didn't quite go the extra mile and give, you know, that was really fun. It was really exciting actually getting to, to chat with him.
0: The kids came in for a little bit, so you were exposed to that chaos and noise as well briefly. The good thing about that was also when they left, then it didn't feel as overstimulating, which is (laughs) us because half the people had left. So there's that. The other thing, even before we talk about sessions, is that it snowed like three feet while you were here. It snowed the whole time. So welcome to Idaho. (laughs) Oh my goodness, some of you went out in the hot tub, in the snow, so you got that off your bucket list.
3: Snow shoveling is great for grounding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. So, what we did was basically have a morning session, followed by an expressive art activity and then an afternoon session followed by an expressive art activity, mostly every day. One night we did have an extra one, but the first one was about boundaries, which in some ways seems really simple because we already know a lot and also is harder than we think because it's easy to not see things when we dissociate. What was something you knew or felt comfortable with boundaries already, and what was something new about boundaries that you learned?
1: I already knew that I am not good with boundaries in my family. Mm. <laughs> but one thing that I learned, keep learning, because it won't stick, is that I have places where I do do well with boundaries, and it doesn't have to be binary. I can be really good at professional boundaries, good with friends, good with some people, and then still struggle in other places. And it doesn't mean I just suck all around with boundaries.
0: Yeah. Some compassion for you as a human, not just, oh, this is hard here, so I have failed my whole life everywhere. Yes. We talked about different types of boundaries, like rigid boundaries, porous boundaries, healthy boundaries. We also talked about boundaries in different areas of our lives. Like you gave the example of professional and social and family. Um, We also talked about, oh, the hearing sandwich, where you say something good And then you say the truth and then you say something again and that this deaf people don't do that. They're just like, you should never wear that shirt again. And it's not offensive at all. So some of it's cultural too, not just family culture, but culture for whether that's faith traditions or class culture, like all kinds of different things, layers that impact those things too. Anything else from boundaries?
2: I guess... When I started the retreat, I was aware of being in more of a nonverbal place. I had a lot of days prior to the start of the retreat where I felt quite nonverbal. And reflecting back on it now, I'm also noticing, I'm remembering how I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily taking in the information in that cognitive way, even though it was a fairly easy Comparatively topic than how how each of the subsequent topics were because it's familiar and it's 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 something that is really important especially just being together with people who don't all know each other really well to have our attention on this and look at how do we practice this with each other to have a, a an experience that's therapeutic and fun um, and there's that way that it can feel like, I don't know. When, it, when it's It's not that I don't know, it's that I can't quite find the words. So I just wanted to point that out. And I'm really glad we had an art exercise after that because the art exercise helps me to remember what was on my mind.
0: You cut on about the second day that each session was building on the one before and was getting more and more difficult and that the art activities were getting younger.
2: Yes, very clear. (laughs) Very, very clear. More and more painful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It went from like a delicate touch to like a uh, sledgehammer, yes, <laughs> right. by the very
0: last session, you all were throwing popcorn at me. <laughs> there you go, after we asked permission with <laughs> consent, it was a direct expression of feelings, that's embodied, fair game, yes, so from boundaries, we went into codependency, not us, the topic also definitely got painful there what What is something you had? Already been aware of about codependency and something you learned about codependency. Welcome to the system. <laughs> silence. <laughs> Where are your crickets when we need them? I can pull them out. <laughs> if you
3: would like. I think it's easier to see and to hold onto in my out front brain the kinds of codependency that are external like, doing things for people, asking people things, stuff like, like, all, all of the, all of the doings, right, and I think that it's a lot harder to hold all of the pieces that are inside my head, like, that are about my thoughts, and my opinions, and those pieces, as well as the internal parts being codependent with each other, that part was me.
0: We also played truth or fawn. (laughs) Everyone got little tiny miniature fawns. And if we were caught fawning, we had to give up a fawn. (laughs) And everyone wanted to protect their fawns. And it was very painful to hold on to your fawns and say the things. We did have a pass system if something was too hard and you wanted to pass. We had the post it notes, and you could pass as long as you wrote down what you were passing on to take back to your therapist. Oh, so painful. I can tell by your faces right now how much you loved the
2: codependency <laughs> session. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that night, we also did some discussion on a session about um, spirituality and sexuality, just talking about different influences on gender and identity and having those experiences internally, not just spectrums of things, but also different identities internally, and and what we do with that and how we tend to that. Is there anything you want to add to that? I feel like the community especially were pretty open about those things and have lots of discussions, even in therapy chat group. So I'm okay with that. What was next the next morning? Was that Saturday morning? Mapping.
3: Saturday morning was Saturday afternoon.
1: Oh, yeah, because we stayed up super late. <laughs> oh, Saturday my night. goodness, <laughs> <to people.
0: laughs> I'm a person who usually... Usually is out by eight. Like my children go to their rooms at seven. They can read and they can do whatever they need to do to de-stem from the day. But I say goodnight and their lights are out, lights out at eight. I, my lights go out like 703. (laughs) I am, I am a morning person, partly because of my work. Some of my work is in Europe, but I. I'm just so, I don't know what happened with y'all that we were up until two in the morning. (laughs) So yes, Saturday morning session got pushed back later, but we loved that because it was an example of flexible boundaries. Mm -hmm. We did not have an evening session to do. The activity we had planned to do got snowed out anyway. So we really did have more time and just sort of moved our day back, but Saturday was about mapping.
2: I want to jump in for a quick second and say, now that some words are coming, that in order to be able to do the mapping even while underslept, the fact that you did so much pacing and so much giving us a chance to, to know ahead of time what was expected, like with giving us these binders, that had the location of where we are, and the schedule, and each of these different things that I know we did get to participate in planning. It, each of the steps along the way made it possible to stay feeling safe. Yeah. And I think I can speak for all of the participants because I see each of us doing that in our own way, that we, we are invited to take risks to go there and at the same time not pushed and and not treated like we're so fragile that we can't be challenged and I think in that way you're demonstrating the boundaries and the healthy relationship and that was I think coming across to me even more than the presentation of the written material even One of the things that I've never experienced before is having those stickers being passed out that we could read additional information and decide where to put it whether it was in our journals or in the in the binder like to me just adding that extra bit of consent and having it slowed down made it bearable to me Mm. so I just wanted to make sure that was said because just turning the page to mapping and having been so terribly underslept (laughs) and then bang (laughs) here we are um this was rough this this first page i think of mapping one was really rough and that's for me where my first post-it note with uh (laughs) uh-oh you know got to bring this to therapy came in um right right with the the roles looking at the roles and looking at the difference between those of us who have PTSD, complex PTSD and DID like wow. I
0: think I think the pacing was really important and the consent was really important. We talked before this about things we wanted to include, but I also put the schedule up before we got here and then We also understood together, like the agreement was, we're going to come do the hard work of looking at these things, but you are taking them back to your therapist to process. And so we kind of had this experience with these waves where it's like the tide came in, but then also we let it go back out and we're going to touch back with the therapist. And we also did Someone had the idea of holding up how many fingers for how dysregulated you were. So if we were a one or a two or a three, we kind of kept going. But when people got to a four or five, we took a break or did what we needed to do or tended to that before continuing. And I loved that so much. I really want to continue that in the therapy in the the zooms on the website. That um, if someone is sharing and someone else gets activated, it's a very clear nonverbal way of saying, we need a break, we need to tend to this, or maybe too many details Mm -hmm. or something to help with that containment a little bit. You all did it beautifully, I really appreciated that.
2: And when you presented the material like, we've talked about this on the podcast, this may not be brand new to you, you weren't also saying, you expected each and every one of us to be able to remember every episode.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Trying to balance some of these things you already know, not just because of the podcast, but because you've also read things and studied things on your own, but it doesn't mean who's there in the moment has access to that. So also not wanting to dumb things down either, right? Like holding space for all of those parts to be here here is so every session the first page was like here are things you already know because we have talked about them on the podcast doesn't mean you remember them retained them or have access to them right now so let's review and go through that and then going to the next page that was a little bit deeper on that and then we would do a page about undissociating so what does it mean to see the hard things. And we would do a page on undaydreaming. What does it mean to see the good that isn't actually there? So that ultimately, we had a um, more accurate perception of our own lives. Not just memory time, but also now time. So mapping led into that, talking about sort of different kinds of multiplicity and plurality and those kinds of things. And we also talked about how some, sometimes clinicians jump to like circles and connecting the circles because of genograms. So we talked about what genograms are like and how that can be different, and then also show different kinds of maps so that they don't all have to look like this kind of mapping. However you do your mapping is exactly right, and that's OK.
2: I really appreciated that you showed us an example from your own work on that. It's hard being vulnerable together. Well, hearing you talk about it on the podcast or reading your books is different than being in person and touching a notebook. That's, it's profound.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, I cried a lot, but we'll come back to that.
2: Trying was had by all, I believe.
0: (laughs) We all got the feels, and some of us put those back in boxes for later. (laughs) Posted. Posted, Posted. Posted. right. Each session then we finished off with journaling prompts and took a journaling break, which everyone was thrilled about. (laughs) They were glad to get away from me on the couches, not so glad to sit with the journals. But then we came back and did an activity. So Saturday afternoon was mapping part two, where we talked more specifically about the impact of trauma responses on different parts. We talked about ego states and how our brains work. And really the emphasis of that is nobody is doing anything wrong. These are neurobiological responses and recognizing which responses just helps us know how to tend to them it's not you need to stop doing the thing anything else about mapping Sherry how much you loved your opportunities to start doing some outlining of mapping and just kidding <laughs> I'm getting some looks right now that do not translate to the podcast <laughs>
2: nonverbal
0: <laughs> nonverbal cues that say no We do not want to talk about mapping any more ever
3: <laughs> so many mapping posted notes so many post it notes so many, post-it many, many notes. mapping post-it notes
2: yeah. well that's where the the activity really became really helpful for me is i believe that's that's when we got to the finger painting isn't it isn't that the one with the mm-hmm. finger painting that one just felt so like gut level looking at myself from the it, the worst of it i would say the worst of the pain was looking at me i mean that that was a prompt that i think was life changing yeah I don't think I could have done it if we hadn't done all of the work building up to this. Um, and for me, being able to see that and feel it is like, well, no wonder I'm dissociative to survive.
0: Right, right. So, And so after each session, we did an art activity and every activity was a different medium. Right. So we also couldn't have har- parts hiding behind certain things, which was also unpleasant and difficult. But I don't think there's any of us that was not at some point surprised by what showed up on our page and profoundly changed by it, and how many participated, even if they were not, hello, my name is this, and I'm here to do a retreat with you. (laughs) There was so much that happened. Mm -hmm in the art projects. yes, And so much that showed up, like sometimes it would be a very simple thing, but then when, when we share about it, like it was so many layers. Other times our papers would be really busy, and it was like, whoa, I just learned so much about myself in this. So this morning, we did our session on memory time, everybody's favorite, just kidding. <laughs> Where we talked more kind of connecting to yesterday, we talked more about developmental stages, but we also talked about social contracts with our family, which are basically every family, every family has a social contract that helps you know what gains approval and what avoids punishment. And that is a very normal thing and necessary for mammal brains. What is different with each family are the terms of those contracts. And that is very difficult to talk about. So that'll be fun in therapy for the next six months or years.
2: I had never heard of a retired ANP before. I am very glad to have learned that.
0: We put that in our new book that is coming out about ANPs retiring. It's really a moment of rejection because they fail the contract. Not on purpose, not because they're bad. But it's like the, what I was doing this time thus far no longer works. And so new ANPs come. And many, not all, but many EPs, if we're talking about emotional parts or... um, trauma holders, those kinds of things, used to be ANPs in the past.
1: We talked, I remember the training now, because you asked about the training and I had no words when you asked, where we, it was like new part, or the new ANP was like the updated version or the, okay, well that didn't work, let's try another one. Learn, yes. Where training, yeah. Where it was like each one is a, an attempt to get the rules right
0: especially in families with relational trauma where they don't even actually tell you the r- rules, the terms of the contract. Or
1: they so change. You,
0: yes, and they change. So there was a lot of talking about trauma as the bad things that happen, deprivation as the good that is missing, and making like part of undissociating and undaydreaming is about making those things explicit. Not explicit as in graphic, but as explicit as in saying out loud. Implicit being we all know it's happening, but no one's saying it. Explicit is we're saying it out loud. We see that. We see it. We know that. We know it.
2: So this idea about the unconscious mind where you described the vertical as dissociative and the horizontal as repression, yes. that was also a very new concept for me. The things that we're
0: aware of, being conscious, like being able to see the top of an iceberg, but at the line under the water is the unconscious things. And they're still there even if you can't see them right now. And your mind wants to heal just like anything else in your body wants to heal. And so there's this sort of push to bring more of the iceberg to the surface but when that's overwhelming or too much trying to push that back down so there's kind of a tension there so even that is not bad behavior on your part the fact that this weekend was overwhelming the fact that it will take a long time to process all that we did this weekend in therapy is not you failing retreat it's literally it takes time to tolerate to see clearly and to incorporate all of that into new contracts with new terms anything else about contracts i really liked i'm trying to read my notes um when memory time or flashback happens in a new contract it's confusing because we think We think we're in a new contract, but then we feel like we're in the old contract. That's very relevant for me. Right, so even when we have healthy relationships, when, and it could just be any kind of rupture, it doesn't have to be something malicious or terrible or bad intent happened, but there can be a rupture or something else that causes emotional flashbacks specifically, then part of the confusion is because we forget we're adults in new contracts with new terms or haven't developed those yet, especially around the specific thing that hasn't come up in therapy yet, right? Or has been wrestling in therapy, so then we're more vigilant of it or sensitive to it in a healthy good, we're already paying attention way. So still not doing anything wrong, but it's raw. And so it brings up the terms of the old contract that aren't actually happening right now, but it feels the same. So we make the same conclusions in the past as in the past. Anything else?
2: I think one of the reasons this part has been healing for me is I have the support of being able to see your faces and hear your tones and feel you noticing my body language in those moments of how many fingers... Would you like to hold up now? Or being really open to seeing in each other. Would you like to give yourself a star for something right now? Or those those moments, I think, are also, if I was just watching this as a PowerPoint presentation, those things would not be assisting me in experiencing this with anything more than my left brain. So yes, <laughs> it's great to get the mental understanding and and see the words and it's an entirely different thing to actually feel myself going to sleep and willfully making you all stop being here. <laughs> <because> <laughs> 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 um, and And now I can see where the hardest work is to do.
0: The retreat made it relational. Exactly. Right? It brought your right brain into things, even if we were also irritated about it, which is actually a feeling. So hard things, hard experiences, but not alone in it, mostly. Sometimes still feeling alone in it, because our stuff is still our stuff, right? but being able to come back, repair. We all at different times had to practice saying, this hurt me, or this bothered me, or I didn't like this, or I need this. And that was hard, but everybody did it. I don't mean there were dramas, just little things. Like I was too loud one day, right? And so like, oh, I can bring that down. That's okay. I had to go to bed another night. I'm like, y'all have fun. I have to go to bed.
2: <laughs> no,
0: right. Right. It was it was really intense. Um I want to go back to what you just shared about the stars because that was a big thing we did too. We sort of created a opening ritual, if I can reclaim that word in a safe way, where we started each session by getting our badge, our John Mark badge, the gold star of the day. But we had to say for ourselves why we were getting it. There were other times we gave stars to each other to help us recognize what was growth, but we had to recognize our own growth too. What was that like? I hear faces. That was awkward. Mm -hmm. It was painful, but it was also sweet. There was a pattern where lots of people were like, I don't know if this counts, or I don't know if this is good enough even in trying to give yourself credit for growth it was not a moral judgment of if you are good or bad it was this piece was growth we all saw it we witnessed it so to validate that for each other was really powerful also uncomfortable
3: and that it wasn't rigid that you didn't have to know for yourself what something was the team was willing to jump in and help rescue <laughs> help provide props. help provide props of things you might choose.
0: Observations, choices. Healthy mirroring, maybe? Healthy mirroring. One of the things we talked about all weekend was mirroring that when we are infants and children, our caregivers are mirrors because that's all we can see about who we are is how they tend to us. And you can't tell a baby, be safe, baby, babies feel safe by being well fed warm clean and held we have to experience safety and so some of us have had broken mirrors some of us have had too many mirrors some of us have not had a mirror at all some of us have bounced around between those so it makes it really hard as adults to see ourselves clearly if we don't have a healthy mirror, if we don't have an accurate mirror. And so it's not that dissociation is bad of, oh, you shouldn't have parts anymore. Oh, there aren't any people inside. It's that you need, it's really important to all of your peoples that you have accurate information about the world. That's what will help the system work best, no matter where you're at on your journey. So seeing that clearly is really important, but seeing yourself clearly is important too. So, learning to practice mirroring with safe people, recognizing your therapist as healthy mirrors, recognizing yourself as a mirror too, in that healing way of I'm an adult with adult resources, not as in I'm a child and no help and I'm on my own. What about now time? This was our last session of the weekend, sort of tying that together and we took flight, fight, and freeze kind of deep. How did that land? Deep. (laughs) (laughs) This is the point at which you started throwing popcorn at me. Yes, this was the popcorn. We were done with truth bombs. What, pick one, flight, fight, or freeze, and say just what the truth bomb was.
1: I felt gut punched when It was the flight is actually acting out abandonment. Mm -hmm. Mm. Fight.
2: Um, You were not permitted to exist outside of the needs of your caregivers. That was my gut punch.
1: For me, my gut punch with fight was the goal
0: is to get others to submit to our will with extreme distress when they do not. Because it makes me, it calls me out. And that hurts. Anything about freeze? Oh, the reason we're all silent about freeze is because the freeze was actually about a contract for us to act helpless, that that's where codependency comes from. Not acting helpless as in whiny and fake, but as in our caregivers depended on us to act helpless for us because they were dependent on us to care for them.
1: Also that it means
0: that we couldn't escape the flight and fight. Mm -hmm. Flight and fight didn't work. We could not escape. Those are hard
1: pieces. Mm -hmm. I know it wasn't today. I don't remember when you said it. But when you were talking about fawning, showing up after flight, fight, and freeze have failed, that. Also, it was like a gut punch.
3: Okay. Yeah, the concept that it's not just like a spinner, that your nervous system, like, oh, this, this, this is not great. <laughs> Let me spin the spinner and see where it lands. But it's like, right. oh, this failed, and that failed, and that, like, we've, we've gone down the tree. Yeah, and things are getting worse. Yeah. That is why
0: it is called the polyvagal ladder. Oh. Flight is at the top of your head, the top of your brain. Fight is at the back of your brain. Freeze is at the bottom of your brain stem. And then Fawn goes into a different part of your brain that is about manipulating and being manipulated. Oh, your face is left that. I'm glad you're not holding popcorn. I'm so glad the truth bombs
1: aren't over yet. Right.
0: Can I borrow this page for just a minute? So the other thing we talked about with this section actually comes from the new book that is coming out. The test to find what your contract is with your social contract with your family is for you to be fully yourself, fully authentic, and then find out when you start to be anxious because you're being fully yourself and you start to feel anxious about what consequences are gonna come because of that, those consequences that you are afraid of are the ways that your contract or your family controlled you when you were a child. The gut punch for me was that we only fear what we have already experienced. We only fear what we have already experienced.
1: Then we also talked about the Let It Go song from Frozen.
0: Yes, we talked about, I used Frozen to talk about flight, fight, and freeze. And then if you look at the lyrics of Let It Go, and I know there was a season where all of us heard it way too much, but if you (laughs) slow down, and actually read those lyrics, that is some painful relational trauma in that Mm -hmm. song. It is a song about the social contract. Anything else about now time things and social contracts? Who's excited to go to therapy? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Anything else you wanna share about
2: the retreat or? One of the highlights was Zooming in yesterday and seeing ourselves on the screen with the people who are on their Zoom screens. Who could not be here in person. Being able to really look at each other. And for me, I felt like there was a real accomplishment in how we've cultivated this community.
0: They all turned their screens on when Mm -hmm. we came on Mm -hmm. and we got to see them. And made me cry. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. I love you all so much. And to have worked this hard on a safe community that is focused specifically on healing, mm-hmm. I think is a powerful and beautiful thing. A boundary thing. We wouldn't feel that if we had not held to the boundaries we have, which is hard work, right? Like when you're in a Zoom group, like therapy chat or something and something is activated or you want to check in about something that's intense, we also feel a cry. We also want to be rescued. It is easy to trauma dump. It is easy to share too many details because we want them out of us and someone to take them away. But that's not actually healing. Not only does it not fix what has already happened, to take it away also abandons those who have already endured it internally so it is actually critically important that we tend to those parts of us by having those safe boundaries by taking the details to therapy and caring for ourselves in zoom groups even if we use the fingers of like okay i think i'm at a four so we need to maybe lessen the details or pause things or take a break or i need to go take care of myself or i have to leave zoom whatever that is or requires it's it's amazing and we did that together relationally we didn't just do that by ourselves we talked about that you all were thanking me for the retreat and i was like we did this together we could not have done it if you all were not as vulnerable as you were had not done the therapy preparation that you did before coming we didn't talk about that yet But we had discussions before you even came. We had things for you to talk about with your therapist before you even came. You all prepared to be here. And then you were vulnerable once you were. And that's what made it so powerful. But we could only be like that because you created a container, a very safe place. Hmm. And also you were vulnerable too. Mm -hmm. You modeled. Thank you. Favorite fun moment? Laughing so hard when we stayed up late. Yes. I was crying. I was like, I cannot cry anymore even when we're laughing. Like, stop.
3: (laughs) Putting, um, creating, uh, starting the playlist of all of the Silly songs that we have either sang the actual lyrics of, or have twisted the lyrics of, throughout (laughs) the weekend.
0: Yes, I think one of my favorite moments, I don't know if it's necessarily a fun moment, but I feel like there were younger parts of me that delighted in seeing all of your artwork. By the end of the weekend, we had all this artwork, and every time we finished a project, well, and it dried, We hung it up on the walls. And so now by the end of the weekend, to go through, it's like we have new memory time together. And we have new expression together that we shared and got to honor that. We said like literally putting it up on the fridge, right? Your work matters. Anything else? just thank you. Mm-hmm. It's so profound to be able to interact in person. I'm so glad you totally. came. The other hard thing that we talked about before we closed this is we talked about the attached cry and saying goodbye and going back to real life which is a harsh version of undaydreaming and taking this with us but not being together in person Of trying to hold on to some of these pieces when real life hits and church change and the demands of what I need to be present with or what I need to deal with in life or how to apply any of this, it all gets so much more slippery and it's hard to hold on to both the content of what we talked about here and also the relational pieces we experienced. So to remember that it's real, remembering that we're connected to each other, remembering that um, you all are already planning on doing this again in some form or shape. These things help us stay connected. And I think we have plenty of mementos From our projects, to the silly gifts we have swapped, Mm -hmm. to different things. I will always think of you with popcorn now, like these things we get to take with us. And that is sacred. Again, reclaiming another word. I feel like that's one of the things that will come out of our next experience too. Like what are some of these words we reclaimed? Because we did a lot of that this weekend as well. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing so many pieces and parts and peoples of your life, of your experiences, and of your story. It was a good telling. It was a good telling. Thank you. Lev, would you like to close us out?
2: Thank
0: you for listening. Thank you for listening. Your support really helps us feel less alone while we sort through all of this and learn together.